Welcome to History, where I get to share the many stories of the Bible and Jesus. I'm your host, Mitch Davis, and I want to share the good news with you. Today is known as Easter Sunday. Regardless of your views regarding the origins and practices of Easter, many think about the story of Jesus who voluntarily went to the cross and died for the sins of the world. The beauty of this story is that the death could not contain him as he rose from the dead. Though the resurrection of Jesus is hard to fathom, greater is the reason for it, God's desire, to provide us, man, the forgiveness of our sins through our belief in Jesus as the Christ. Indeed, this story is God's greatest expression of love for you and me. The resurrection story of God was not some kind of a whim decision by our Heavenly Father. No, not at all. In fact, it was thought about and put into action before we were even created. The Apostle Paul said when writing to Christians who lived in Ephesus, he said this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Did you get that? Before the foundation of the world, he chose us. He gave us this blessing. So here's what I'd like for us to do. I'd like for us to take a very quick trip through history, starting from the very beginning of God's story. In the opening page of the Bible, we read of God making all kinds of creation. But at the end of Genesis chapter 1 was his, well, peace de resistance. Us. Mankind. He made man in his own image. The image of God. That is, God made us to have all the qualities and characteristics to be able to love to create, to enjoy, and have dominion over the rest of his creation. Well, that's a beautiful scene. In fact, on the following page, we see God enjoying living with man. Unfortunately for us, we decided against God's wisdom of good and evil, and we relied on our own. And that's the story of Adam and Eve, right? And so we see sin entering into the presence of this relationship and where man breaks that perfect fellowship with God. And on the following pages, we see man sinning and sinning and sinning again. In fact, so bad is the sin that in Genesis chapters 5 and 6, we're told that our thoughts are evil continually. And so God, through his justice, brought forth judgment. This is a story of the flood, naturally. And it's a worldwide story that you can go to so many different countries or cultures and relive this story, although it's kind of taken on various forms. But this is a well-known story. Well, even after the flood, God graciously, through a righteous man named Noah, 
began his new relationship. And yet again, we see through the generations of men, us doing the same thing, relying upon our own choices of right and wrong, of good and evil. And so there was a man named Abraham. And because of God's choice, he made a promise to and through this Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. In fact, in that passage in Genesis 12, he said, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is how God was dealing with our sins. He's the one that is going to bless us even though we are bent against him. So over time, we see Abraham having his children and, and this children become a fledgling nation living in the land of Egypt. Well, things got so bad in Egypt for the Israelites, the descendants of Abraham, that is, that they cried out to God and he delivered them. It is through this deliverance, in fact, that the Jews have an annual remembrance of the Passover. In fact, that just took place yesterday. And so it is this Passover where God taught Israel to remember how he delivered them and brought them new life in a new land. After this deliverance, God made a very special covenant with Israel and had a covenant relationship with Israel. And through this covenant relationship, God said, I will be your God, you will be my people. Well, God taught them, here's how I want you to live for me. Here's, here's how I want you to, to have fellowship with me. But no sooner than the people of Israel agreed with God to have that kind of relationship with him, they sinned. They forsook that covenant. They went back on their word. And so bad was it that, in a sense, Israel was worse than the world because they knew how to live with God. He told them, he gave them all these laws for their benefit. And yet they forsook him. Time and time and time again, over the course of centuries, God sent forth individuals to call them back to him because he loved them. But they were so bent on doing what they wanted to do, even when they knew here is what pleases God. Here's how they can have a good relationship with God. But they did not do it. And so one of the prophets spoke of a new covenant. In fact, Jeremiah is the name of that prophet. And in Jeremiah chapter 31, he mentions that there was going to be this new covenant covenant and it would focus on man following God with a new heart stemming from a new life. What that necessitated however was man putting to death his own desires of sin and having a desire for God. One where he would trust in God. He would put his heart's trust into God's wisdom of good and evil. Well, enter Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus lived for God. He always desired to do the Father's will. 
And it was from a standpoint that it pleased him. It pleased him to want to make his father happy. And he did so perfectly. He did it without ever sinning. Well, that could not have been said for a single person who has ever lived before or after him. But it was his very existence by living for God that actually became a threat to his life. Go figure. I mean, you, you try and live a life that is well-pleasing to God, and it's going to get you killed. And that's exactly what we see here. But his very existence was a threat that ultimately led to his death because man, as he was always doing since the beginning of time, did what was right in his own eyes. In God's paradoxically divine wisdom, he actually used man's sinfulness as a means to offer his own son as a sacrificial lamb the one who would go to his own death to bring about the salvation for us sinners. You see, he wanted us to be able to rely upon him even though he knew that we live in the flesh and we give in to the flesh. But those who would believe in his son and learn how to walk with him through the example and the modeling of Jesus would be saved. You see, the reality of this whole story comes to existence through all these eyewitnesses. In fact, the Bible tells us that Jesus was seen by over 500 believers at once. So this is not just some made-up story. These are eyewitness accounts And whether you choose to believe that or not, well, that's up to you. But here's the benefit for those who would choose to believe. There's hope. There's hope that when you breathe your last on earth, you have the hope to actually have an immortal life. One where you get to be risen with Christ from the dead. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote to believers, those who actually began following Jesus of this very hope. He said to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Wow, that's powerful. The power of life over death paved the way for the apostle to continue saying these words. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus' resurrection and the believer's choice to be joined with him, it can also be said, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Did you get that? Jesus' resurrection is because God's love for us is so great that even though we've sinned against him, he provided for us life. Life for all those who believe in his resurrected son. So, how do you express your love to another person? Is it based upon whether or not they deserve something or that they've earned something so that you would love them? Or does it look like God's love? See, God loved us and provided us his son while we were sinners. Most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we're still sinners. How about that? Can you appreciate the resurrection of Jesus? In fact, more than that, can you follow the resurrected Jesus? Do you want to follow the resurrected Jesus? God wants you. He wants you so much he gave us his son. And you can have him, the resurrected Jesus Christ. You can have God's promise for everlasting life through him. Why don't you come to him today? God bless you all. Thank you for listening today. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions about today's talk, please visit our website at franklinchurchofchrist.com or visit our Facebook page at Franklin Church of Christ TN. Until next time, have a blessed day.